Hey everybody, this is Jordan Pacheco from the Glad Chad Podcast. I hope you're doing well. I'm wearing a new hat today. Just want to say that out of the way. My fiance got it for me as a late Christmas present. So shout out to you, my love, Genevieve. We're 130 days before our wedding. So it's crunch time, the last of my bachelor status. And I wanted to make a video about a topic that no Catholic ever likes to talk about, but it's fresh off the heels of a homily I heard um, at mass a couple of weeks ago. So one of our priests got up and did the dreaded question of tithing. And this is a word that is foreign to most Catholics. You might hear it from Jews, of course, and certainly from evangelical Christians. But Catholics time after time are ranked bottom of the barrel when it comes to contributing to their churches. At best, you'll get one, two percent. We all know the feeling. The basket comes around on Sunday and we put our little five dollars in. Oh, poor little me, five dollars in. And then we hear that there's a second collection for something innocuous and we don't put anything in. And the answer is that there is a reason to tithe and also there is a precept to tithe. So we're going to get into what a tithe is, what it means to tithe, and maybe some of the ways a tithe will actually help reinvigorate tradition. So first off, tithing comes from the Old Testament. This used to be a tenth, the tenth share of a Jew that they would give to the priests, uh, to the temple. And so for us in the modern era, this often most easily translates to finances, to our money. And if you're very strict about it, it means 10% of your earnings. Now, for some people, that means before taxes. Our priest in his homily said this is after taxes. But the point being is, say, 10% of your take-home pay is set, set aside for God. And the purpose of a tithing isn't to say because the church needs it just for all the pragmatic, practical kind of things. Because they need to keep the water running and they need to keep the priest fed, which is all true. But it's also to show that even things most important to us, our livelihood, our finances, aren't actually fully ours that we in fact owe just as we owe our lives to god we also owe our finances to god and to trust in god's mercy and so there's a lot of breakdowns on how that tithe kind of works um i right now in my budget it's one of the very first things up on my app and so i give 10 percent of my income it's divided between my local parish here and my parish back in california in los angeles so that they can have a new church soon but I just wanted to come across a couple of resources and maybe get you thinking about tithing because I can know that there are many of you out there who immediately are like, look, I'd love to support the church. I throw in a five, I throw in a 20 anytime I can, but like, I just can't dedicatedly make myself tithe, surely, right? So first off, when I say it's one of the precepts of the church, there are six of them. And these are things required of a Catholic, oftentimes per annum. But as you'll see with something like the tithe or with marriage, it obviously lasts a lifetime. So. The first one is to hear Mass on Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation. Second, to fast and abstain on the days commanded. The third, to confess our sins at least once a year. The fourth, to receive the Blessed Eucharist at Easter or within the time appointed. Five, which is a fun one today, to contribute to the support of our pastors. Six, not to solemnize marriage at forbidden times, nor marry persons within the forbidden decrees of kindred or otherwise prohibited by the church, nor secretly. In other words, you can't marry your cousin. Yee-hoo. So we're going to focus on the fifth one, to contribute to the support of our pastors, is what it says. I'm reading from my 1962 Baronius Press Roman Missal. And maybe you're saying, okay, well, look, we can contribute to our pastors. The tithe means a lot of different things. We owe it to the church as an obligation as a faithful Catholic and as a traditional Catholic to, to tithe. Now, there are different ways to do this, right? Because sometimes it's not always feasible to be financial. So we should tithe with our support, we should tithe with our prayer, we should tithe with our time, and all these are important. But of course, we really should be open and honest with the Lord 
and tithe of our money. And I want to read you something because there might be people out there. I know I was in this boat or I thought I was in this boat, really, because growing up, I never understood tithing. I never was forced or I never was required, I should say, or suggested to give to the church. It was just something that my parents did, but I didn't really have a lot of say over. And so when it came time for the children to come forward to place your offering in the basket, you would do that and you put your dollar in of quarters or whatever. But it wasn't instilled in a way that I think it's important to instill inside my children. And so maybe you're in a situation where you think, I can give a lot of things to the church. I should give more of my time, my devotionals, but how can I give my money? Like I'm strapped as it is. Last year was really difficult, I know, financially for a lot of people. And maybe this year something has come up. But I wanted to read you something to maybe get our heads in the right way. So this comes from Mark chapter 12, verse 41. And this is the widow's offering. Um, And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put a large sums in. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all of those who are contributing at the offering box, for they have contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put everything she had, all she had to live on. And so what we see is that it's not from the abundance which we just gave. Oh, looks like we're doing a really great month this time, so I'm going to go ahead and put some money in the box. But it's really trusting God radically so much that we can make plans for him even when we seemingly have nothing. And admittedly, friends, we're in a world of so much distraction. We're in a world of car payments, and we're in a world of credit cards, and we're in a world of student loans, and we're in a world of rent and mortgages and family emergencies. We're in a world of Dave Ramsey baby steps. We're in a world of financial bankruptcy. You name it. This is not to pretend that financial situations don't happen. But when you sit down and you realize that tithing isn't just about giving to God, right? God doesn't need our money, okay? The church, pragmatically speaking, even doesn't need our money, right? They're not waiting on you particularly. Tithing is instead a grace given to us. It's just like all the other precepts of the church. Christ doesn't need, like, require, need us to receive the Eucharist at least once a year, right? It's not for the benefit of God. God doesn't need us at all. Instead, it's for the benefit of our souls. You see, when we actually give of ourselves, not just in soul and spirit and mind, but in body and in the bodily things like money, we free ourselves from a lot of the trappings of materialism. When we actually budget and set forward an opportunity to tithe to the Lord, we say, here is part of my money that is reserved special for those who need it more than I do. And yeah, it might be a hard month. How am I going to make that car payment? Sell the car, by the way. Um, But at the end of the day, this really does free the soul for so much joy in giving and gratitude. The tithe is, as our priest explained, a 10% on our life now because one day God will come for 100%. He'll come to claim our lives. And when he sits there and we hope our names are in the book of life, he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, God willing. He will have said, you gave when much was required of you. You gave when you thought you couldn't at all. And now I will give you eternal reward in heaven. And for a lot of us, you know, if you haven't sat down and budgeted, I'm going to be making a video, Rudy and I uh, together, or just me by myself, I don't know yet, but I've become a real big believer in, say, Dave Ramsey's baby steps. I very much believe that the borrower is slave to the lender. And I think that if we just sit down and start actually budgeting our money, being intentional with our finances, being intentional with our work, being intentional as we ought to be in our prayer life and in our marriages and in our relationships and in our walk with the Lord, 
you would be surprised how much uh, of their possessions you actually don't need and you don't need to hold on to. And so you're right. That 10% can be a lot of money for some people. I mean, it is a lot of money. It's a tenth of your entire income. That might mean that you're not going to upgrade in car. That might mean that you need to scale back down on your wedding. That might mean that you can't get the newest video game. Who'd want to anyway? Cyberpunk is busted to sin. Uh, but these are all extremely important things that we can do. And God puts them into our heart. And more importantly, he puts them as his law and commandment of the church so that we may understand the graces that we're getting. And the funny thing is this can start really, really little. When you have your kids do chores and they get an allowance, you say 10% of that allowance, right? 10 cents out of that dollar is set aside for the Lord. And you can teach your kids not just how important it is to contribute to the church, but you also can teach your kids, uh, not teach your kids, but you can also open your kids for the abundance of graces that are flowed forth. Now, this is not some Protestanty version of indulgences. Oh, you just pay money and you get graces. But it's because we are really saying with our souls, Lord, I trust you enough to realize that my life isn't mine. And that includes in terms of my finances. That includes in terms of my support. And therefore, I'm going to give this to the church. How you give it to the church can, of course, depend. I understand that there are some of you who are like, I'm never going to give a red cent to my archdiocese. I'm very blessed because here in Denver, we have a very good archbishop and we pray for him a lot. But I know that's a reality for some of you. Or I feel like my local parish isn't being wise with their money. Or I feel like that the church is so corrupt and evil. Well, that precept doesn't go away. And so we have an obligation, first and foremost, to our church. Um, our priest broke it down. He said 5% to the church proper, 1% to the archdiocese, 1% to the fraternity of St. Peter, so that's eight, and I can't quite remember what the other 2% uh, moved to. I know that one of them was like to like a, a particular Catholic charity of your choice or an organization like that. I don't think you need to be that much specific. I don't think you need to get into the weeds. There's no precept in the church which really breaks it down quite that radically. I would just say that, remember, you set aside 10% of your money. Um, I do mine take-home pay. And then I have it set up automatically. It renews once a month, and it goes to different places in the church. It's all fraternity stuff. I love the fraternity of St. Peter. I'm so grateful for the invigoration of the Latin Mass. And then it's also being generous not just with maybe some of the established things in the church, but one thing I always want to work on is, you know, I, I'm not one who really gives out just money to the homeless, but there are other things I can give. I can definitely be more generous. I could always keep snacks and water and prayer cards underneath my car seat and give it to them, right? A bottle of water, some food, anything. Anytime anyone from them ask me for anything from the grocery store, I buy it. I, I don't say no because obviously that is in giving of ourselves, God gives himself over to us. And by emptying ourselves, we get make ourselves ready for the grace of the Lord. And finally, I wanted to point out one of the best practical reasons for the tithe. And that's because it is further insulating our communities, our traditional Latin mass communities, for living in a post-Christian era. I am very, very fond of this book here. This is The Benedict Option by Rod Dreher. And it discusses, as you see in the tagline here, a strategy for Christians in a post-Christian nation. We are in now in a post-Christian nation. To be a Christian, to be a Catholic in today's world and to be orthodox and true to the faith is downright hostile. We do not get any support from the government. We sometimes don't even get support from the church, believe it or not. And so the question is, how are we to go forward? And you've heard your entire life about the new evangelization, how we're going forward to the new springtime. But I think it's actually time to really consolidate our forces and to really rally around the points of light 
the remainders of civilization in a world of postmodern madness. And so the Benedict Option talks about what that installation looks like. And it's not, it's not withdrawing from the world completely, but it's like the monasteries. It is taking the tools, taking the tools that St. Benedict had, the fall of the Roman Empire, the last vestiges of civilization, and keeping them, that they may be shed forward on the world again when Charlemagne comes. And so what I love about the Benedict Option is it talks about different Christian communities. Uh, Rod Dreher, I think he was a Catholic. I think he's Orthodox now. But um, he, he keeps the book very general. He talks mostly about, uh, about all Christianity. Mo- Traditional-minded Christianity is what he kind of says, and that's okay. I think this is a lot more pragmatic for Catholics because Catholics, of course, understand what it's like to, especially traditional Catholics, we know what it's like to insulate ourselves around the parish and around the mass. And so my parish here in Colorado, they're opening up a school this year. This is something that's a great desire across the entirety of the fraternity. And that's just further means of going, okay, the secular world is overwhelming. Even Catholic schools aren't safe, seemingly Catholic schools. And so we want our children to carry the torture tradition. And we don't want them to fight like we've had to fight. So he talks about how there are communities of Christians forming based around their faith. He talks about the rise of classical education and the rise of authentic Catholic education, in, in, in my uh, specific opinion. And it's just outlining all these options. And it starts first and foremost by us standing by and realizing that we can actually claim authentic Christendom. We can, we can get authentic Catholic culture again. What I love about the Latin Mass, what I love about the Latin Mass community, and what I've never felt in other parishes, not saying they don't exist, but for me, is I found a reason to be not just a Catholic in the culture, but to be honestly and truly, not derogatorily, culturally Catholic. To let the faith and let the church and let the Mass be the source and summit, indeed, of the Christian life. And there is seldom any other sort of feeling than the Latin Mass and the extraordinary form and the amount of true work that the priests go through in order to bring salvation unto the people through Christ. And so I want to support that. One of the reasons why I tithe, one of the reasons why I I like to be such a budget hawk, one of the reasons I like to try to be smart about my money is because I want to be able to support the church in a big way throughout my life. And God willing, with the Universal Church, I think this podcast that Rudy and I work on, I hope that it really can touch some people in that way and push them towards tradition, orthodoxy, push them in the direction of Christ and his church. And then I also want to make sure that I have a place for my children and a place for my wife and that when we go to Mass, we know that this is the stones that we helped put together. What's so funny about this country is there are hundreds upon hundreds of churches built by immigrants a decade ago, a decade, or a century ago, a century and a half ago. And they're beautiful places. And we wonder, why can't we build churches like that? Because we have lost so much of the supernatural faith. And in order to bring it back, we need to be willing to give ourselves totally and completely and radically over to Jesus. We need to be willing to give of our finances and give of our time and give of our support to the church. This is not just a thing we do on Sundays, even the Latin Mass. This isn't just a thing that's trendy and cool and I can post Instagram photos and I can dab on Novus Ordo Catholics. This needs to be the source and summit of your life. And the best way to do this, of course, one of the best ways is through the prayer, right? It's through rosaries. It's through offering fasts for our priests. But then we have to also be practical. We have to give of ourselves. And so I encourage you, if you really think, oh, I can't give anything, give something. 
You can, believe me. Don't make that excuse for yourself. You will walk your entire life through and you will lock up the graces which God wants to dispense. This isn't the prosperity gospel. This is radically trusting into the heart of Jesus. Not even radically, it's 10%. And then if you budget, right? If you think that you're in a well-to-do place, do not fall for the sin of avarice. Give of yourself freely. Sit down tonight, get out the card, find the parish, find the the fraternity, find the organization, find the the church order that you need to support and send them the thing monthly, okay? I work for the Augustine Institute, shameless plug, I know, but you know, they're, 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 we put out really, really high quality cinematic content and we recently put out this. So again, I don't get paid per Bible that we sell, but I really think it's a good resource. Uh, I love my Dure Bible, it's over there. But this is the Augustine Bible. It's an English Standard Version Catholic edition. So it's the English Standard Version with all 73 books of the Bible. And I think this is a really great Bible for comprehensibility and also for teaching and preaching. I mean, this Bible is just really great. So if you're looking for an organization to support outside, say, the Fraternity of St. Peter or another order that you may love and love, then consider supporting the Augustine Institute. But really the point is, uh, find a priest that you really like, you know, and say, what can I do to help out? But seriously, look into your soul. See what God is calling of you as a Catholic to do. Set aside 10% of your income. You'll be extremely happy and blessed that you did. Please, before I go, keep Rudy's father in your prayers. Uh, pray to St. Joseph for strength for him. Uh, this is something that's very hard for Rudy to do. His father's very, very sick. And so we pray that he may conform his soul to Christ if this indeed be uh, the hour of death or hopefully lesser, but we simply don't know. And let this all be a reminder of our own memento mori, that this life that we have, the finances that we gain, the wealth, the money, the women, everything, even the, the stones that we use to build the church, all this is fleeting. Vanity of vanity, all things are vanity. But the thing that really matters is your interior life is your soul and is your spirit, is your walk with the Lord. So please, if you have been putting this aside, I myself have to get to confession this week. If you've been putting that aside, go to confession, go to mass, run back to Christ. He wants to forgive you and he loves you so much. He wants you to be fully a member of his bride and it's on us to accept the graces which he has given for us. So from us here at the Glad Trad Podcast, may God bless you, may I keep you. Adios.